We are called Cybermen. Cybermen? Yes, Cybermen. We were exactly like you once. Welcome to Into the Time Vortex podcast. I am Ken. Jeff. And Julia. And today we're talking about the 10th planet, 1966. The first Cybermen episode. The last-ish William Hartnell episode. And the first regeneration. So, um... What are our initial thoughts on Tenth Planet? <laughs> I liked it. I hated it. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Um. <laughs> How can you hate it? It's the first. Well, see, space under siege. And here's what I was trying it's to explain. It's the first space under siege, don't yeah. you? Yeah, and um. And putting it in perspective for Jeff and I, and maybe a lot of people, we never watched this when it came out. And this was like one of those holy grails that we had heard of. And when they showed the show on TV, it wasn't aired because it was missing an episode. So it never, we never got to see it for many, many years. And you would have to admit that... Either your expectations get so high that when you see it, you're like, oh, boy, that was horrible, or that you're going to like it no matter what or whatever. And, and I'm a big Cyberman fan, so I was really interested. And in, I think we ended, I saw it on a bootleg, really poor copy. You could barely see what was going on. You see snow, and then there's something there or whatever. And, you, and maybe that added to it because you're kind of like, oh, wow, you know, and, Probably what they saw back then, you know, the quality was probably really bad, and that's maybe one of the reasons why you don't notice how sometimes how bad these shows are or whatever. But um, I didn't really answer anything. But <laughs> I, I really liked it, but watching it again a couple times over the last couple of years, it's not my favorite Simon story. I like the design of the of the costume because it's so the different. human hands, the human hands. So yeah. and, and it, it can look cheap. <laughs> and <laughs> if we had a video, we could see uh, the expression on Julia's face, kind of like saying this costume was horrible. Um, and, and yeah, but it also is really creepy. I think. Yeah, especially with the hands. They have the, the same have human yeah. hands. Yeah. But it, I don't know. And I, you can see their eyes. I thought the new, I think the new, new Cybermen are creepier, but, yeah, I know, you don't like the new. Um, I just, I could not, they were all talking all at the same time, yeah. a lot, and the Cybermen had these voices that were just like nails on a chalkboard, worse than they are now, and I didn't find them scary, I just, they, they looked ridiculous, you know, they looked like they were made out of old train lanterns and dryer <laughs> vents, and stockings over their heads, and it was just not... Wait until you watch Moonbase or Wheel in Space, the voices get horrible. They're, 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 they're like uh, the mechanical, you know, like someone who has lung cancer, like, yeah, yeah, you know, they put the thing on You can barely understand it, but... Um, I, I was shocked by the voice, and, and, you know, I remember laughing kind of at it, 
I was and, laughing at it a lot. And, and but the, yeah, the thing is, and you, you probably noticed that when we sit here and, and kind of laugh at these shows, we do it kind of like, like in an endearing way and everything. Mm -hmm. But yeah, and, and so um, one of my favorite scenes is when the Sardman decide to put on the parka <laughs> as a disguise, which is the most ineffective. I wish they make an action figure of that; it would be cool. But I. I um, I remember laughing out loud at that, going, "Oh my God, that this is that's horrible," but maybe that's part of the appeal. Um, but I don't think this is the best Simon story, and I don't think it's not the worst. The best regeneration? Well, no, definitely not the worst. Well, the regeneration was kind of like you know they told Harmony you're done. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't hardly in the episode. Because yeah, because he was because <laughs> he was not well or any, any decided not to show up and the director wrote him a note says I hope you're well enough to come back for episode four it's kind of an important one because yeah because <laughs> um, yeah, they gave Ben a lot of his dialogue yeah a lot of the dialogue and that stuff that Ben had to do was supposed to be for William Hartnell so they had to rewrite him which worked with the regeneration because his body's wearing thin and all that yeah I think the next couple of Simon episodes are much better um, but this was pretty good it's not like you say it's not the worst I mean wheel in space might not be as good but what, what from what exists it's yeah and, and I'll, I'll tell you um, it not having an episode really hurts me because I, I know we, we got the audio for it and we got the animated but it's still not the same and I always feel kind of like let down a little bit because it's not complete. Mm. I'm, I'm greedy when it comes to that. But and so this was Hartnell's regeneration into Troughton. Troughton. Yeah. So they showed that in the, the movie that they made about the development of yeah. Doctor Who. They showed that regeneration, right? In the Because it's in the TARDIS. Did they actually show the clip? The real one? Or just they made one up? They made one up. Yeah. They made one up. Because the clip exists. Of the yeah, regeneration part. Maybe the it was the clip. Yeah, the episode doesn't exist. And that's how the episode ends with the just trout and lying on the ground. But they have a very poor copy of the actual regeneration that they somehow had salvaged. So, which. Which I'm is a miracle in itself that they have that. Yeah, I'm assuming it's in the DVD, but it wasn't. I think it is. It wasn't. It, it's, on the, it's a two disc, isn't it? I think so, yeah. I didn't. I've watched it a couple of years ago, but I, I didn't watch all that stuff this time. I it's on the VHS because they had Kieran Ford do yeah. the narration for And this is what happened in episode four. So, in terms of importance for the show, this is a very important episode. There was, like you said, there was a lot of stuff that kind of set the tone for Patrick Troughton. And for the future of the show. Basis under siege, and, um, you know, there's a, a lot of the beginnings of a lot of stuff right there but um and if this wasn't well received it was the end of the show because yeah. back then it wasn't in a William Hartnell was leaving and Patrick Troughton is signing it just boom that's what happened yeah. it wasn't a fanfare it wasn't a social media and all that it was just you watched it and boom there was Patrick Troughton but I mean 
wasn't the most exciting show where they added the whole rocket ship idea. They had, they, they well, there was like two enemies in this one. It was the Cybermen and General Cutler, I believe. Yeah, yeah General, that's right. General Cutler was kind of crazy. All he was thinking about was killing the Cybermen so his son could come down and stop thinking about defeating the Cybermen to save the Earth. Because if they blew up the nuclear missile, it would have wiped out half the Earth. Mm -hmm. Which would have been okay, because then his son would have been able to come down, his son was on the other side. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just... I, I think I was more interested in the Cybermen and, and, you know, I remember seeing the scene where they're walking through the snow and everything, and, and I actually bought into what I said, but that's a, that's a pretty neat scene, there's not much to it, it's just snow blocking the set in the back, you know. But I, I thought it was fairly effective until he put the uh, coat on, and then it the lost parka, some yeah. of his interest. <laughs> it, you know, I like how they move too. They're, they're um, they move more human. The Cybermen. You have to imagine watching Rise of the Cybermen, which was the first Cybermen story for the new series. Is that correct? That's the one with David Tennant and Rose. Yeah. Yeah. The horrified expression on my face when we see this Iron Man for the first time, I thought the design looked pretty good, but when they were marching, you know, that's totally not the Cybermen. It became that way, but the Cybermen were very sneaky. They, um... Like in the moon base where he's sneaking around. They, um... They're, they're infiltrating places, and, and they're in, in underground, you know, they're kind of sneaky. And by Peter Davison, they started to become more of like a they marching. Were, yeah, because they were. It was well, in Earthshock, it was an army invasion force. I mean, was it just because when they were initially introduced, there weren't many of them, and then they got more and more people and turned them into Cybermen, and they became more and more powerful? Maybe. I mean, I just liked. I never liked the stomping where you. No, I didn't either. And, I mean, you, you um, can hear them a mile away. Uh, I thought the most effective Spider-Man in the new series was the one from Pandorica, um, and that was creepy. I always I thought the most effective one was the one from Torchwood. What the second Yanto's one? girlfriend, who was not quite completely turned, you could still see her body. Yeah, that one was pretty good. I thought that was I pretty that creepy. Was, um, but these were, were kind of, they just kind of glided around, and I, I thought that was, I just like that. Um, but, but anyways, uh, it's not all about the Cybermen. <laughs> uh, it's like, we got a glimpse at Polly and Ben. Now, um, who were they? Because I don't remember them from any other episodes. They, they, were, were, they were only introduced a few episodes before this. The War Machines, which actually had its 50th anniversary Saturday. Okay, so um, they're a couple from the 60s, and... Um, I was trying to figure out where they were from. They're from modern-day Yeah, a modern-day group. Um, of, of Ben's a, supposed to be in the Navy. One's a na naval, and then the other one's, uh, I don't know. <laughs> she was, uh, she was always in the, she was in the clubs. <laughs> well, that's how... She's a party we, girl. Yeah. yeah, she's a party girl. I think she worked for... In the war, in the war machines, wasn't she working in the uh, so secretary? Or something. The secretary at the uh, post office tower. Yeah, I think she didn't. She get coffee for someone in this. Was this the episode, or was it Moonbase that she gets coffee? It was Moonbase she gets coffee? Yeah. But don't worry, that was the sixties. That was different. Yeah, uh, uh, and um, 
But it's good to see them in it. We don't have too many episodes of them existing, so... Okay. Uh, this was... Yeah, of the, all the companions, they're the ones that have the least. Yeah. And I'm actually glad she's going to be at the convention, because she's a really good guest. Um, Long Island, Dr. New Convention. Anything else good or bad about this? Yeah, what did you not like about it? It was too shrieky. I just I couldn't understand what anybody was saying. I couldn't follow the storyline. Um, I mean, I can put up with the funny, bad outfits, but care? I, Why should you care? I couldn't. I couldn't understand them. They were all talking at once, and the Cybermen had that awful voice. And I was, I was just like, oh my god, I can't. I can't. I just, I couldn't. It was like being in a crowded yeah, room. It was like watching Meet the Press, <laughs> only with way worse voices. I, I, I love when TV shows or movies do that, where they do talk into over each other because it's realistic. I know it's realistic. I don't like it in real life either. I just think this episode's great. I mean, it's like science fiction. It's not like all guns blaring. You know, it does have its point where they're... <laughs> they steal the Cybermen in, in, in the snow and zapping them. What, what am I, but it's more thinking of how do we outwit yeah, them. I, I just, I'm a fan of Cybermen, but unfortunately the Cybermen have always been super, super easy to kill. You stick a phone in, in a slot and they all start going crazy. This one was radiation. Uh, radiation, you push a button and they all float up off the moon and, you know. Then later up, on, you take a little bit of gold dust and go, and they're like, Bleh. Oh, the gold coins and uh, yeah. silver nemesis? They're all or arrows. That's the worst one. Because, the gold arrows. Yeah, that's that, the worst one. Uh, it just, you know, they're supposed to be kind of, but they're not, you know, they're not, you know. What's the 50th anniversary of the Cybermen? What would be your favorite Cybermen story? Um, I'm a big fan of Tomb of the Cybermen. I was so shocked when that got returned and I saw that episode. It was so good. Um, Urshock is outstanding, too. Those two are probably my favorites. Yeah, those are my favorites. Well, the thing is, that's funny, that they, they didn't have an episode with John Pertwee. He was the only doctor on TV. Well, be, well, McGann doesn't count, but he was the only one of the classic doctors that didn't face the Cybermen on TV. Hmm. And I think that would have been a perfect fit. Because what happened was the Daleks came back. Terry Nation brought him back after his failed U.S. series, and so the Daleks came back, and that's what happened. So, um... Yeah... And when I watched it again, I have to admit I was kind of half watching it because I had just seen it maybe a year or two ago, so I, I felt like I didn't need to watch it again. And, and I just, I, I don't know, it, it didn't, it didn't stand, it wasn't something that I was riveted by. You, you know, I, I enjoyed seeing what the Cybermen looked like and how they acted, and I was wondering how they, you know, came up with the design and how they were supposed to act and. You know, they sometimes they miss their cue when they open their mouths, so that they started talking and the Cybermen's like this, and it's like, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like whoops, because obviously there must be a voice pumped in from somewhere else. Um, and then how that the Cybermen would develop later on, they would always seem to change, which I thought was good too, because it, you know the Daleks kind of stay the same for the most part. The only time they change drastically, they 
went back on it really quick because they realized oh, the they made a mistake. Yeah. yeah, the colored ones, they were strange. The candy ones or whatever they are. <clears throat> what do you think the reaction was back then? Would have been when all of a sudden you see Hartnell lying on the ground and he changes into Patrick Trout. Yeah, that, that had to have been huge because how many shows do you know of that the main character can go away like that? And the show still be successful? Yeah. No, I, I can't think of any. I mean, well, you see like Babylon 5 yeah. or something like that where the main lead goes, but this is just changing. Well, at that time it would have been the Avengers, right? Because Honor Blackman left and then they yeah. Diana Rigg, and then she leaves. Yeah, I mean, that, that stuff happened. But, but those were ensemble casts, weren't they? Well, Avengers just had, like, really two people. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So, I didn't watch the Avengers. Well, it wasn't superhero Avengers. It was... <laughs> it was, you know... Patrick McNee and Diana Rigg or Honor Blackman and you'll have to Linda watch Thorson. Think, I don't know if they're on Netflix or not, but you should, I don't you should watch so. an episode. But, you know, that would be the only one you can, you know, kind of compare it to because... Yeah. But this was the main guy, and I have to imagine how you know, how people are today where something changes and they're like, <laughs> I have to imagine they were like, I'm never going to watch this show again. The show's gone. It's dead. It's never. It's not going to last. And then, really, you know, you know, twenty years later, are we are you still saying that? Are there people? I remember reading something where I don't know if it was a joke, but someone was like, the show went downhill after William Hartnell left. And I'm like, really? The show actually <laughs> probably got better. Um, but if you like William Hartnell, yeah, I, I guess. But not many people. That's probably why they had the Daleks as Troughton's first story. Well, yeah, they want to keep the people. Oh, the dollars are people watching. The ratings went up. Well, no, they went up eventually. I mean, Peter, uh, John Pertwee, they went up, and Tom Baker obviously hit the high point. But maybe Patrick Allen went down. Actually, his last season went down, but to begin with, he was yeah. fine. But could you just imagine you're sitting there and all of a sudden William Hartnell's? But they know. Did they know it was going to happen? I don't think they did. See, now, this is why I don't like the show. One of the reasons I don't like the show now is because... They make a big event when the actors Peter Capaldi comes on stage, introducing the doctor. First question, when are you leaving the show? And it's like, you know, it's all about regeneration. And even shows like, when is this character going to die on Walking Dead? When is this character going to die in Game of Thrones? It's all about people leaving. And I feel like for Doctor Who, it's like, how long is the doctor? That's the big thing now. How long is this doctor going to go for? And how long is the companion going to go for? But I felt like in the past that was kind of like, no, they're going on for 50 years. But if they leave in four episodes, then that's just the way it is. We're not looking for them to. But I think that obviously, once they did the first regeneration, then they knew that at any point the doctor could leave. But it's become so obsessed with it now that it's kind of like. Well, and I think in the new ones, it's. You know, the doctor's going to die. The doctor's going to die. The doctor's yeah, going to die. And it's too. just, well, no, he's not. Because, <laughs> you know, he he's not going to die. Yeah. And it's so, it, it's such a social media phenomenon now that, you know, as soon as it's it's released live online, and they, they it's not a surprise anymore. Yeah. And I do think that Moffat has fallen prey to writing via Twitter. You know, yeah, and it, it's definitely made the show suffer. But, you know, but I don't know if they knew about this. I would have to imagine 
that there was, like, oh, Lily Cardinal's leaving the show. I would have to imagine that they knew that. Probably. And I don't know if, you know, do, you, do they tell the kids? You, you know, do they get a big surprise? Um, how is he going to leave the show? You know, imagine watching a show now. I was going to say Castle if one of their main stars left. <laughs> no, just canceled the <laughs> no, show. No, they just canceled it. But, I mean, you know... <laughs> Arrow, you know, okay, the main guy's going to leave. What? You know, he's, it's called Arrow, and he's leaving the show, and can, can that go on? And yeah. maybe, I yeah. mean, you have a good cast around him, and maybe they could do without him, but Blake Seven had no Blake for, you know, he left. Yeah, he left, and... It's called Blake Seven, and he wasn't even in the show. And Avon took over for the last two, was it the last two? Yeah, the last two. Yeah. So it can be done. Um, I thought Avon was better. What? I liked Avon better. Yeah. And in this case, though, they just changed the actor like they do in the soaps where, you know, yeah. you know they, oh, the yeah. part of this person is now being yeah. played by such and such, and there's no explanation. There's no, like, hey, you got, you know, maybe they do, you know, oh, you had an accident and, you know, take the mask off. And no, most of the time they just go on like it's yeah. the same person. Yeah. And that's, you know, but they wrote it into the story, and whoever came up with that idea did it was amazing, because you, you're, you're, if, if the show can survive ratings, you have no reason to stop the show. And, and what they've done now with Regeneration is... is kind of ridiculous, with the flame horrendous. things coming out. No, I don't, I don't mind that. It's silly, but the fact that we don't... I, if someone were to ask me, what doctor is this? I'd say, I have no idea. Stephen Moffat screwed it up. I don't know how many regenerations there are. There's a doctor we never even knew about. There's this, there's that, there's this. Forget it. I don't know anymore. He's ruined that whole thing where there was a countdown. Mm -hmm. You know, and, you know, when you're the fourth doctor, you're like, ah, we have plenty of time. But now, all of a sudden, you know, we burn through several of them right quickly, and it's like, oh, guess what? I, I want to write the last doctor story, so I'm going to speed up and go to the 13th doctor or whatever. And it, it just... You know, I don't, I don't know what I forgot what happened with that, but I, I don't like how they. Well, I, the think, I don't think a lot of things do. What? Did the Time, the time Lords gave him more lives. Yeah, and we knew that was going to happen, but just the way they did it with the War Doctor and stuff was just kind of ridiculous, I think. But, but that's the other thing. It's like a, just imagine people's expression, and it's like, where you know how the fans these days like are crying and stuff like that, and they're video recording themselves crying at. The Red Wedding, or, or being shocked, or whatever. I don't know. There's the master comes back. There's video of people going, <gasps> you know, when, when um, um, what's his name became the master in Utopia. Oh, yeah, yeah. What, what's the actor? John Sim? No, the, well, I am the master. You know, oh, the guy, Derek Jacoby. Derek, Derek Jacoby, yeah. Oh, he was great. I loved him. Yeah, he was good, and, and then they totally. <laughs> Anyways, uh, way off topic here, but anyway, yeah, they probably people back then probably, you know, were kind of shocked. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's a formula that kept the show alive for a long time, and it's kind of neat to see it. We, we, we didn't see all of it, but we see most of it. It would have been nice to have part of the Daleks to see what happened next. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the missing episodes. And um, have you listened to Power of the Daleks? I read the book. Yeah, I didn't listen to it. Yeah. 
Because he had to gain their trust. How many episodes? That's a long one. That's a six, six, six part six. episode. Yeah. Well, he had to gain their trust because so they didn't believe he was the yeah. actor. And that happens a lot in these shows, I mean, which is good because when, when you have a show where they're like, oh, you must be the doctor, let's go, you know, then it's kind of like, I mean, it but took Clara quite a while. Yeah. But, yeah. But the thing was, when he regenerated, he was close regenerated too. Oh, did they? Yeah, they do. Because Patrick Troutman is in his cosmic hobo outfit. <laughs> but they don't now. No. They don't anymore. No, that, that, that was the only happen. time. That was the only time. Because if you look at the telesnaps for Power of the Daleks, he's wearing yeah, yeah, yeah. the second Doctor costume. Yeah. Well, they didn't know at that time. Yeah. They probably went, either it was a mistake or they were like, oh boy. No one's gonna, they didn't think anyone would know, notice in 1966. Yeah, those little black, you know, white. Technically, we didn't see it in the next one. So, you know, we didn't see the actual regeneration. For Patrick Fountain, we didn't see it. No, we didn't see it, no. <laughs> but Pertwee was wearing Troutman's, well, uh, not Troutman's clothes. When he stumbled out of the TARDIS? He was, wearing? but it, I, I meant not the actual ones that he wore. Cause it was well, no, thin, no, no, but... But he was wearing Second Doctor. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, so, so they had fixed the problem by that point. Well, that's because Terrence Dixon and Barry Lesser were in charge. Yeah. Who was in charge of Tenth Planet? Was that Ian Kit Lloyd's? Kit Pillar um, uh, wrote it. Lloyd, Lloyd? I think it was Ennis Lloyd, yeah. Ennis Lloyd. Maybe I can find out in a minute. Not that it matters, but... <laughs> well, the director was Derek Martinus, so it was... Yeah. Producer was... Yeah, Ennis Lloyd. Okay, so... Uh, any more thoughts? Nope? Nope. Okay, thanks for listening. <laughs>